Word of the Lord. Mark chapter number 10. I want to read just a few verses beginning in verse number 13. It will be familiar scripture to you, but I don't really know that I've ever heard a preacher preach on it. I've referenced it. I've talked about it. I've heard others talk about it. I'll never forget as a child going to Christus Gardens and in uh, Gatlinburg and seeing all the wax figures, you know, about Christ and His life. And I remember specifically them talking about this verse or two of Scripture in one of those scenes of Christ's life in that uh, little garden. And that's, they're still operating it now with a different owner and it's a little different. It's not quite as good, I don't think, as the other one, but it's still worth seeing. But when I was a child, that place really made an impact on me, seeing the figures almost as if it were come to life the life of Christ, and uh, I appreciate the reality of the Lord in my life. Mark chapter number 10, and in verse number 13, the word of the Lord says, And they brought young children to him, that he should touch them. And his disciples rebuked those that brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased. And said unto them, Suffer the little children to come unto me, and forbid them not. For of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. And he took them up in his arms, and he put his hands on them, and blessed them. And when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked, Good Master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? You can be seated this morning. Thank you for standing with us while I read the word of the Lord. I did read verse 17 purposefully as it does lead into another account, but it also finishes up this account concerning these children that were brought into the Lord Jesus. <clears throat> three of the gospel evangelists but Mark or rather Matthew, Mark and Luke all record this account of the little children who were brought unto the Lord Luke chapter number 18 and verse number 15 calls them infants it said they brought infants unto the Lord in all three gospels it is said that people were requesting the Bible says that Jesus should touch them but the disciples pushed them away It would seem that they believed that Jesus was far too important and far too busy to take time for these little children. But Jesus rebuked the disciples. He took the children up in His arms and the Bible says He blessed them and He touched them and He reminded all of us that we will have to humble ourselves as a little child if we want to have a part or be a part of the kingdom of God or in one gospel the kingdom of heaven. And interestingly, friend, Matthew 19 and 16, Mark chapter 10 and verse 17 and Luke chapter 18 verse 18, all conclude the account of this, the story of these little children, by beginning the account of my friend, or opening the account of the rich young ruler. And so we see a contrast that takes place between one and the other. A wealthy, moral man who comes to Jesus and said, what good thing can I do that I might inherit eternal life? And Jesus tells him, why callest thou me good? There's none good but God. And he said, but he said, keep the commandments, keep the law. He said, all the law, all 
this have I kept from my youth up. From the time as when I was as small as those little boys and girls that you just held in your arms, I've kept all of it. But Jesus told him, yet one thing thou lackest. Sell all you have, give it to the poor, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me, and you'll have treasure in heaven. And he went away sorrowful, for he had many riches. We learned the lesson of what it took for the rich young ruler to get saved by looking at the account prior to it. When Jesus held those babies in his hands, he told us what it would take for a rich young ruler to get saved. To humble yourself and become as a little child dependent on the Lord Jesus. Humble yourself. Oh, if he had only learned the lesson of our friend of what he had just seen, if he had only learned that Jesus alone. First Peter chapter five and verse six says, Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Oh, but in reading these verses I'm interested especially today in verse number thirteen of this account. Look at what the Bible says, or as that preacher from North Carolina said a few weeks ago, watch your Bible now. I didn't know what my Bible was gonna do or how if it's gonna take off. So watch your Bible in verse number 13 where it says, And they brought young children to him that he should touch them. And his disciples rebuked those that brought them. I'm interested in this verse today where these they brought these children to Jesus asking that he would touch them. And I want to preach if the Lord will help me for a few moments now. On Jesus, would you please touch my children? Jesus, would you please touch my children? Oh, my Lord, today, if there's ever been a message that ought to grip the hearts of every parent and every grandparent, Regardless of the age of your children today, it's what I'm preaching right now. Jesus, would you please touch my children? I don't know who it was that brought these babies to the Lord. It says, and they brought young children to Him. I'm not sure if it was their parents or not. I would certainly suppose that it was. May have been some well-meaning neighbor. It may have been some grandparent. about their children, their family members, their nieces, their nephews. It may have been someone in the community that loved these babies or or caring for them in some way. But they cared enough about some little boy, some little girl to bring them to the Lord and say, Jesus, would you please touch my babies? Jesus, would you please touch my children? Oh my, I want the Lord to my children. I have a desire for Him to put His hand on their lives. I want His anointing on my children. They prayed and I prayed along with them, Jesus. Would you touch my children? I say this morning, please Lord, would you touch them with prayer? I mean, verse number 
reading, the Bible does say, He took them up in His arms, put His hands on them, and blessed them. Amen. Matthew 19 and 13 says, Then were there brought unto Him little children that He should put His hands on them and pray. The reason they were delivered to Jesus was so He could pray for them. When Jesus prayed, the Father always heard Him. I mean, when Jesus prayed, the Father always listened. In John 11 and 42, Jesus said Himself that He was a certain while He was by the tomb of Lazarus. He said He was certain that the Lord heard Him always. There is nobody I would rather have interceding for my children than to have Jesus touching them with prayer. I wonder what He prayed for when He prayed for them. He prayed for 
Jesus said, it is good for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter cannot come. But He said, when I go, listen to what He said, I'll do. I will pray the Father, and He'll send you another Comforter. Why, if Jesus prayed for the Comforter, for the Holy Ghost to be sent from heaven, for us, He must have prayed for the Holy Spirit to be put into these kids' lives. Was interested in giving us the Holy Ghost. It was a promise of the Lord Jesus. Surely he prayed for these children to be spirit filled and about what he desires. And he wills the same for our children as well. Amen. You boys and girls, listen to me for just a minute. You haven't got to be 96 years old and have a walking cane and gray hair in order to be spirit filled. You can be 12 years old. You can be 6 years old. If God has saved your soul and you desire for the anointing of God on your life, you can seek Him and He'll be found to you. Oh, hallelujah. I remember when I got saved and had such a desire in my heart for God to do something in my life. Well, I was just a little boy. I was just 13 years old. But I longed and I wanted for God to do something in my life. I needed for Him to do something in my life and do something with my life. I didn't want to just be another member of the church that sort of just went through And laying in the leaves and wallowing and squalling and praying and begging God to do something with my life. Woo! Oh, praise His dear name. I prayed He would fill me with the Holy Ghost. I prayed He would use me for His glory. And I'm not much of anything still today, but I praise Him for answering my prayers and put the Spirit of God in my life and given me an anointing of the Give us this day 
our daily prayer. Yeah. Give us this. That that's what we're to pray for. Yeah. We're to ask God to meet our needs, to supply yeah. the sustenance that we need. We're to ask Him to supply the food we need to eat. Yeah. We're to ask Him to supply the shelter that we need. Yeah. We're to ask Him to supply the things that we need in life. Yeah. Oh, I'm telling you, I believe Jesus prayed for their sustenance. He prayed for these children that the Father would supply their every need. And my friend, He said, that's how He supplies our need. Do you realize that, don't you? He said, that's how He supplies our need. According to Philippians 4, He supplies our need. According to His riches in glory, how does He do it? By Christ Jesus. It is the will of God in Christ Jesus to supply your needs and mine. I believe when Jesus prayed, He prayed and touched Him with prayer and prayed God would supply their needs. You think any of these young ones ever went hungry a day in their lives? I don't believe so. I don't think a single one of them ever went without anything that they needed because they had Jesus praying for them. Jesus, would you please touch my babies? Oh, would you touch them with prayer? Secondly, this morning, I believe He touched them personally. Amen. Not only did He touch them prayerfully, but He touched them personally. I mean, it seems as though the disciples wanted stand between these families and the Lord Jesus. Maybe even one of those disciples said something like this. Ma'am, Jesus is really, really busy. And there's a big crowd here. And just let me pray for one of your children. Just let me pray for your little one. I am a disciple. I am one of the apostles. I am one of Jesus' very best men. Surely what I do will be enough for your children that these parents would have none of it. And I'm going to tell you, I won't either. It's not enough to have the hand or the touch of the preacher on my children's lives. I am their preacher. And I know I can't help them. It'll take God to do something in their lives. If my touch would have been enough, But there'll come a time in their lives when daddy's got to get out of the way. They need access to where Jesus is. They need to get to where God's working in their lives. Oh, Jesus, would you, not me, would you please touch my babies? Oh, I'm telling you, friend, and they need more than somebody at the church. I'm more than just a preacher. I'm more than some priest or bishop personal touch. These parents would not have any of that business from the disciples. The only touch they would accept, the only touch that would do the job was the personal touch of the Lord Jesus. Oh, that is what I desire for my children. Verse number 16 says, And He took them up in His arms and his, put His hands on them and blessed them. Matthew 19 and 15 says, He laid His hands on them. He touched them. I don't know all of what he did. I get the idea to 
what one passage says were infants. Many of them small be called infants. I don't know what an infant exactly is, but I know what it ain't. Brother Eddie is not an infant. Amen. My friend, these were small children. They were small enough that he could pick them up and put them in his arms. And I know because he's God, he could have picked anybody up and put them in his arms. But from a natural perspective, these were small enough children to be toting around, in other words. I don't know how big they were. They might have been five years old. And they may have been five days old. But they're small enough for him to pick them up in his arms. I get the idea that maybe they're just still wrapped up in blankets. Maybe still just got a cap on their head. And the mouth being made to can't even speak or anything. Just swallowing, eating, all that business. I mean, just real small babies. And I believe he picked them up and put them in his arms. In other words, I think he cradled that baby. I put him up in his arm this way. Held him up close to his chest. Run down and see him breathe. Oh, Well, if I'm right, and I think I am. If I didn't think I was, I wouldn't preach it to you. I'm not telling you for sure I am. I've told you what the Bible said, and I've told you what I think happens here. He puts them in his arms. The Bible does say that. And he put his hands on them. The Bible does say that. When he does this, some things must have happened. If he's going to put his hands on them babies, you realize he touched them with his fingers? I mean them fingers of the Lord Jesus. I put across the heads. I stroked the foreheads. Oh, my friend, graciously passed across the little faces of those boys and girls. The same finger that on Mount Sinai come out of heaven. I put his finger in a rock. I asked him stone the Ten Commandments. I stroked across the forehead of them mama's babies. Had that day on the hillside. Ain't that wonderful? Oh, thank God. The same finger that came out of heaven in Babylon and the Daniel chapter number 5 and verse 5 and started scribbling on the wall and wrote a message many, many to tell you first that is you've been waiting numbered and numbered waiting counted you've been waiting about Same 
in their lives. He touched them with his fingers. Now this ain't deep. But if you've got fingers, you've got a hand. Everybody believe what I'm saying? Say amen. I never have seen somebody that had fingers without a hand. Amen. And if he touched them with his fingers, then that means there was a hand attached to it. That's real deep theology. It took me a long time to come up with this stuff. And so he touches them with his fingers. But then if he also touches them with his fingers, he touches them with his hand. Can't well, Brother John reached up there and wiped his face, wiped his tears. He'd been coughing and all this stuff. I get frustrated sometimes. Y'all see me do this. And just like this right here. Amen. I mean, just rub all over the face. Gracie, she'll take the ball of her hand and get her nose and just go this way. I mean, touch it with her hand. Oh, I don't know how many times those... There's something about the touch of a hand that changes people. I mean, when they come along and just put their hand on your shoulder, when they come by and just reach over and take you by the hand and shake your hand, and there is a connection that takes place by the touch of a hand. I mean, it's amazing. I can take my little children when they were babies and grace and cry and cry and cry cry and cry and cry and cry I bet I could take her up in my arms and kiss all her tears away I could take my hand and run across her cheeks and it would change her entire mood something about a touch of a hand well, my hands are just flesh and blood my hands and my feet are no different than yours oh but I'm so glad with the tears I'm regret and judgment and sin I'm so glad there's a hand that can come down and wipe away all our tears and make us clean and right in the sight of God. You realize one of these days He's going to touch us with His hand and He's going to wipe away all of our tears and from our eyes and they'll neither be tears and nor crying on that day. I'll say praise God. I'll touch them with your hands, Lord. Put your And he put his hands on them in verse 16. Oh, he touched them with his hands. You realize these are the same hands that hold the waters of the whole world? These are the same hands that stopped the winds and the waves when they're lifted. These are the same hands that made whole the leper and give sight to the blind. These are the same hands that he touched them with. Oh, Lord, touch my children with your bountiful hand. And not only did he touch them with his hands, and with his fingers he touched him with his arms the Bible said he took him up in his arms in verse 16 he took him up in his arms and this week Julia's been peering real sick and Sonia went out of town a couple of days and so forth day and a half whatever not much but Julia just clung to me I mean just held on to me would not let go I went everywhere went to Ingalls went to CVS went to the doctor office I took her to pick up the kids at school everywhere I went she wouldn't walk and daddy had to tell her I can still feel it for two or three days I've been told I can still feel she's getting big I can still feel it in my arms where I was getting sore and tired and worn out but I'm still out there's an everlasting arm there's an arm that never gets weary or tired oh I'm too big my daddy can't pick up anything weighs more than 30 pounds 
And my fiddle life is just difficult. I'm glad there's some everlasting arms that never get tired, that never get weary, that never lose strength. Hallelujah. Oh, and He lifts me up and He cradles me in His arms. Amen. His arm represents his strength. We studied in Sunday school a couple weeks ago from Isaiah 52 how he bore his mighty arm. Isaiah 53 said, Who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? It shows us his power. Oh, Lord, touch my children with your power. Isaiah 63 and 12 calls it his glorious arm. He brought Israel out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. And Deuteronomy 26 and 8. And Deuteronomy 33 and 27 says, The eternal God is our refuge, and underneath are his everlasting arms. These babies rested that day in the arms of Jesus. And we rejoice also that we can lean on the everlasting arm. Hallelujah. That's good stuff, ain't it? Praise God. All of you that's able to do everything on your own, you don't know how to appreciate this. But those of you that's figured out from time to time that you're not able to do it all by yourself, you know how to appreciate what it is to prop up on the everlasting arms of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, Lord Jesus, would you please touch my children? And so he touched them with his fingers. He touched them with his hand. He touched them with his arms. Now listen, if I am right, and the Bible does call them infants, most of y'all don't pick infants up in your hands. And I'm talking about infants now, not uh, not big kids, but you don't pick up infants in your hands and start throwing them up towards the ceiling all at once. I mean, when they're too small, they don't know how to handle that. They'll get a little bigger, and then you can play with them and wrestle and all that business. But when they are really small, you don't throw them around like that. You don't snatch them up by one arm and throw them up on your shoulder and just snatch them around. And you wait till they get about three or four years old, then you do all of that and giggle and laugh. I'm not fit until all of you get the belly ache. But you can't do that when they're really small. Little infants, when you pick them up in your arm, you hold them here in the crease of your elbow, pull them up close to your chest. And you talk to them and you make googly eyes at them. And you might feel you make, I tell them sweet things. You try to help them. I feel the pleasantness and the warmth and the nurturing. You know what happens when they do that? When you hold them close to you, they hear your heartbeat. They get in tune with who you are. And the Bible said he held them in his arms. I believe he touched them with his body. I believe he drew them near to his bosom. I believe they sat right up against the heart of the Lord. They heard the heartbeat of the Lord Jesus Christ. He cradled them in his arms. And they rested against his chest and he prayed. Oh Lord, touch my children like that. Let them know your heart. Let them get in tune with your heartbeat. Get their heart in tune with your heart. Oh, Jesus, would you please touch my children? He touched them with his body. I'm going to tell you, if you've ever been saved, you've been touched with his body. Because it is by his stripes you were healed. He gave his body for us. 
He gave His soul a ransom for our sin, but He gave His body on the tree. Jesus, we read it this morning. His body was that bread from heaven. And we can receive that bread. We can eat that bread and live. His body, His blood was given for us. These babies were held up close to Him. And what they had the privilege, are you hearing me today? They had a privilege that Peter and James didn't know. They had a privilege that Matthew and Bartholomew knew nothing about. There was maybe only one disciple, one apostle that knew anything about what these babies knew about. And that was John. You know why? The Bible said he was that disciple whom Jesus loved. The one that was leaning on Jesus' face. He was the only disciple ever heard the Lord's heart beat. That these babies heard it beat. You realize God can do something in the lives of your children? something in a baby that he might not can even do in the great fisherman Peter. He can do something for your children. He can do something for your family. He can do something in your home. He can make your hair's heart beat. Touched him with his body. And then I want to say, not only did he touch him with prayer and touch him personally, but I I believe he touched him with power. Everything Jesus ever did was powerful. I mean, he uh, he always acted in power. Amen. And I believe he touched these babies in power. Matter of fact, he said of these children, he said, "Suffer the little children, verse fourteen, to come unto me, and forbid them not." Notice this phrase now: "For of such is the kingdom of God." Of such is the kingdom of God. Aren't you glad he didn't say of such is the Lord's welfare case? He didn't say of such are the subjects of God. Of such are the peasants, my friend, of this this matter. But instead he said of such is the kingdom of God. That word kingdom is a power word. That's a word used in reference to monarchs. That's used in reference to authority. And used in reference to power. He put his hand on them. And he blessed them in verse number 16. When a king puts his hand on a man, it is for the purpose of anointing. It is for the purpose of ordaining. It is for the public, a purpose of authorizing with power. And Jesus looked at these babies and he touched them. He touched them with power. I pray the Lord to touch my children with power. You realize it's going to take power. The power of God. The power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the anointing of God in their lives. It's going to take power to overcome the devil, the flesh, and the world. You realize some little innocent babies that smile so sweetly at you. Those that are so full of mischief that sometimes you want to stomp them till you can't find them. And sometimes you want to laugh at the mischief in them. And my friends, sometimes it is humorous. You probably ought to still whoop them if you've got a laugh while you do it. And make sure that they understand how important it is to do right. 
and to live right and to act right. But you also do understand that them sweet little blue eyes is going to see some things. Have my friend that you ain't never seen the likes of. They're going to fight some battles in their lives. This whole world's in serious trouble, friend. And if times, towns, and boys and girls are going to see some difficult things, they're going to experience some hard times. They're going to face some great big old devils. They're going to battle some jobs in their lives. I'll tell you, nothing short of the power of God is going to carry them through. Nothing short of God's anointing is going to be enough. You say, well, you know, I always came to church when I was growing up. And you know, we didn't really have no power of God at home. But, oh, you know, I kind of just did enough to get by. And it's been okay for me. It's worked out. I'm not in too bad. My kids will do just as well. I'm telling you, just as well, we'll get them defeated. And this mean generation, where the devil is on the rampage, has a roaring lion just as well. And just as well, we'll get them devoured. Just as well, we'll get them on drugs. Just as well, we'll get them hooked on pornography. Just as well, we'll end up in divorce. Just as well, we'll destroy their lives. Just as well, they land them in prison. They better have the power of God on their I'm not just praying for my children to just get saved and just go to heaven. I'm begging God He touches them with power while they're yet here. I want them to have anointing. I want my children to be anointed. And unlike Jesse in the Bible, I want all of my boys to be anointed. All of my girls. All of my children. Jesse had seven boys. But he only cared enough to have six of them anointed. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Samuel was told of the Lord, go down to Jesse's house and anoint one of his sons to be king over the land of Israel. And Jesse brought all of his boys except for one before Samuel and said, which one is it that the Lord saw? Jesse was ready for all of his boys except one to have the anointing on his life. But that one was sitting out there in the field keeping the seed. And the Lord said, look not on the countenance of Eliab. That was the eldest brother. Look not on his countenance. For he said, God seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but God looketh on the heart. He looked at Jesse and he said, is there not another? Do you not have another son? He said, oh yeah, but he's just a boy. He's just out there in the field keeping the sheep. And Samuel said, go fetch him. He said, we will not see it until the king comes. And when they got him there, that little boy's name was David. And Samuel took the horn of oil and he popped the cork off of it and he poured it over David's head until the anointing oil of God was dripping off of his life. I tell you, I want it for all of my children. I want all of my to be anointed of God. I want it dripping off of their life. The paracot. The oil of the Holy Ghost. The anointing of God in their lives. Oh yes. And I want it for all of these boys and girls at church. I want every one of them to be anointed. I don't just pray that God will save them. I pray that God will anoint them with power. Hey boys and girls, look at me. I want you to remember something. If a devil lies to you the rest of your life, you remember saying to you this morning if there ain't nobody else praying for you the devil says that nobody cares the devil says it don't make any difference what you do you let them know that there's a little two by four preacher that praise God would anoint your life Woo! 
that wants God to put His hands on you, that wants the Lord to fill you with power and use you for His glory, that wants God, my friend, to show up in your testimony and in your walk with God. Oh, my, hear me. I want every single one of you to be spared for you. Hallelujah. And I'm going to tell you all of you can. It's real easy. It's real easy for these boys and girls. It's real easy for y'all to look at one another and say, now, all of us have got the same talents. And you don't. All of you don't have the same mindset and the same gifts and the same abilities. And you don't. But I'm going to tell you when it comes to knowing God, you all have the same opportunity. Amen. Amen. You can know God. You can know Him in power. You can know Him in the Spirit of God. You can know Him in anointing. You don't have to just barely get by in life. You can know God. I'm telling you, friend, you say, but I'm bashful and I'm quiet and I don't like to get out in front of people and talk. That has nothing to do with knowing God. My little daddy couldn't say a word. She kept trying. All the time I knew what she tried with John. I said, get up and she'd say, I like to tell y'all just what it's like to know it and just what it's like to feel it when I came. And she just lost against the Torah. She'd say, but the Lord knows my heart. She was bashful. She was bashful. She was poor. And she didn't have nothing. Most made fun of her all of my life. But she knew God, friend. Touch them with prayer and touch them personally and touch them with power. But my friend, he touched them publicly. He touched them publicly. He didn't take these children off into a corner or a Sunday school room or behind closed doors. But right there in the midst of all the people, Jesus touched them. Matter of fact, he didn't just touch them, he held them up. He picked them up and made an example out of them. He told everybody else around there, if you want to see what God can do in somebody's life, watch this one. How such is the kingdom of heaven. And He made a public example out of these babies. Oh, He held them up and He blessed them. I praise the Lord for a private touch, for anointing in the solitary places of life. But I also pray the Lord to touch my children publicly, to make a public example and a witness of and to let their life so shine before me and that they may see their good works and to glorify their Father which is in heaven. Oh, my friend, I pray God and make an example and a witness of them and use them to point others to the Lord Jesus Christ. Touch them publicly. Touch them publicly. I'm finished. Everybody stand. Come on, the song. You realize that after He blessed them, the Bible says in verse 17 that He was gone forth into the way. Matthew chapter 19 and verse number 15 says it this way, And He laid His hand on them and departed thence. 
after He touched them, He left. Had these people not reached Jesus when they did, they would have been too late. There was a moment, there was an opportunity, there was a small window of time to seek the Lord's touch. So today, friend, before He departs, before His Spirit passes over, before the time of His drawing His past to deal with my children, I pray, Jesus, before You leave, would You please touch my babies? I wonder this morning, would You need to come? Maybe there's boys and girls in this place that needs to be saved. Would You come? Maybe there are parents in this place that would like to bring your babies to the Lord and put them on the altar and say, God, would you please touch my children? There's people in this place that are adults, that are grown-ups, that they have their, your children are grown. They're not infants anymore. But you're still praying for the touch of God on their lives. You're still praying for the anointing of God on their lives and on their hearts. Jesus, would you please touch my children? Folks all over the building are already praying. Others need to come. I don't know why in the world we would even need six verses of just as I am. I don't know why in the world we would even need to have a song this morning or to beg folks to pray after a message like this. I can't think of anything, Brother Bob, I'd rather the Lord would do than to lay His hands on my babies, to put His touch on their lives. Folks all over the church are praying and others need to. There's grandparents that need to bring your grandchildren to the altar and leave them there. You need to pray that God will put the power of God on their lives. Some of you have got nieces and nephews. Some of you have been praying about boys and girls from this church. All over the building folks are lifting them high. Some of you have got a child that's gone astray. Maybe they're 40 years old. Maybe they're 50 or 60 or 70. But they're not living right. I remember Hattie brought praying. And her son got saved at 71 years old. And she told me, Brother Toby, I never gave up praying for Clyde. And the Lord finally saved his soul. God finally saved him. At 71 years, I never quit praying and God finally saved my boy. Oh, do you need to come and just bring your children, bring your family, bring your purpose, and give it to the Lord. And say, God, would you please touch my children? Oh, Lord, I want to thank You for all that's come to pray. I want to thank You for everybody that's bowed their head in this place, Lord. All across the building, there's people praying in the pews, in the altar this morning, around the mourner's bench. Lord, our hearts are bowed before You. God, for what our children need, we cannot give to them. We are unable, Lord, to provide for them what they need. It must come from You. There must be a spiritual touch. They've got to have, Lord, the anointing from heaven. Lord, I bring to you this morning not just my elder children but I bring my babies I got a little one at home Lord that's sick this morning she's been real sick the last few days I pray that you touch my baby Lord I ask to God that you touch little Caitlin God I pray that you'd save her in your perfect time I pray you'd give her an anointing and a testimony of the Holy Ghost I pray Lord that you'd touch Gracie God that the power of God would reside on her life 
Oh Lord, I pray for their sustenance. I pray that Lord you would provide their every need. I ask you Lord that they'd be saturated with the Spirit of God. I pray God that you would anoint them with the anointing power of God. I ask you Lord that you'd make them a testimony. Make their lives, my friend, my Lord, a tabernacle, a resting place for the Holy Spirit to dwell. I ask you God for every boy and girl of this church. I God that they would be saved and spirit filled and anointed and that they testify and walk in the power of God. Oh Lord, I pray for the burdened hearts of mamas and daddies and grandparents in this place. I ask you, Lord, to touch them. Thank you, God, that we never get too big or too old, that you can't cradle us in your arms, that you can't draw us near to your bosom, that you can't run those graceful fingers across our face and your hand across our our souls, Father, and draw us near unto your chest to hear your heartbeat. Let us rest in your everlasting arms. Oh, God, help each one today, I pray. Answer every prayer, oh, Lord, and work in every life. Help us, Lord. Help our church and bless our families, I beg. And, Lord, for what you do and for how you do it and how you work in our lives and homes, we'll thank you for it all. We ask it in Jesus' name and for our sake. Amen, and let it be so. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Hallelujah. You wonder if maybe some mama that's got a child with a colic and she's got her wits in and she don't know what to do with it. And she says, Lord, I don't know what to do with my baby. Did you touch it? There's some little mama there with a tender and broken heart because she's got a sick child or a disabled child. And she says, Lord, I don't know what to do with this baby. I've done all I can do to help him, and I can't help him. Would you touch him? But I'm going to tell you, all of us have a whole house full of tainted children. They have the blood of their fathers and mothers in them. And the sinners by nature. And we don't know what to do with them. But I'm glad we can bring them to Jesus. And He can touch them. He can touch them. Sister Tanya's playing this morning. I want to do one more thing. I want to announce the open doors of the church. You've been.